This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. First, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Credit Intel. Knowing the financial health of retailers is crucial for the success of your retail-related business. That's what Credit Intel is for. Credit Intel analyzes the financial health of hundreds of publicly and privately held retailers in different sectors. With a subscription to Credit Intel, you have access to comprehensive analysis of retailers' financial condition and their expert analytics team. Visit creditintel.com for more information. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Brad Williamson. Brad is the Executive Vice President and Vice President of Real Estate for HTO. He has been in HTO for since 2015. He has been in a variety of supply chain jobs and retail jobs before that. He brings a wealth of knowledge. I'm excited for him to join us. Welcome to the show, Brad. Chris, thank you so much for, for thinking of us and having me on board. So, Brad, tell us a little bit more about who you are and who HTO is. Yeah, so um, Brad Williamson, um, as you mentioned, Executive Vice President HTO. I'm, I'm currently leading our real estate division. Um, got a background in, in supply chain and some various sales roles. Uh, did a little retail ski shop business back in, uh, back in my uh, late high school, early college days. And um, came on board. Uh, with uh, our, our our CEO Justin Howe and the team uh, at what uh, then was called Texas D back in 2015, um, we eventually became HTO and started franchising in um, early to mid 2018. And um, our company uh, HTO uh, is is uh, primarily iced tea based, so we have 26 flavors of fresh brewed broadleaf iced tea. Um, we carry a, uh, a, an auxiliary line of retail um, products and uh, healthy food line as well. So um, really, really cool business, very dynamic. We play Texas country music inside of the store, and the vibe is, is off the charts. That is fascinating. So the store's primary, primary business is selling iced tea, which you don't see a lot. I don't know if there's another chain that does that. How many locations are you up to these days? We, I believe today are at 31 locations open. We have uh, about 35 under construction. And behind those 65, 66-ish, we have about 160 to 170 additional units under development across uh, about 12 states now. Unbelievable. I love iced tea. I had, I, I'm a big, I, I like unsweetened iced tea, basic. I do like some of the flavors when I go to a restaurant and they might have blackberry or infused or something, but had no idea there was this demand for iced tea like this. That is fascinating. And you guys' growth is incredible. Are you venture capital, private equity backed, just growing from cash flow and maybe some bank loans. How, how have you guys grown like this? This is unbelievable growth. No, we, Hey, 
thank you for the kind words. So we are, we're, we're self-funded. Um, we, we, uh, our primary growth has been from franchisee. Um, we, we opted through a series of, of different tests really that started back in, um, early 2008, uh, 2009 with amidst the financial crash. And, um, that led to a point, uh, probably around 2016, 2017, when franchising became a, um, a reality for us, uh, to, to leverage that vehicle for growth. And, and, and it really, Chris, if, if you go to the core of our company, um, and really the vision, um, that our executive team has put in place, uh, it's, it's based on sharing this opportunity with a multitude of, of resources and, uh, and really just giving other people an opportunity to work for themselves. And, uh, so that, that has been the main vehicle for our growth is just through our franchisees. Um, and, and our resources through our franchisees have, have enabled us to grow as rapidly as we have. Wow. How big are these locations, these HTOs? How, how big are they? So the building footprint is, um, is right around 2000 square feet. Um, in some instances, we'll have to get creative uh, in in, our, in a conversion or a retrofit space to be flexible on something larger and, and even in some cases smaller. But our target building footprint is going to land in the 2,000 to 2,500 square foot range. Got it. And are they across the board, freestanding buildings, end caps in between, or are they mostly one type of building? Great question. Um, I believe 27 of the 31 locations are all freestanding. Um, all of our stores do have a drive-through. Four of those 31 are what we consider a co-tenant space. So a space that is essentially split in half or close to half with another user. Um, but yes, primarily freestanding stores with a drive-through is, is what we're hunting. Unbelievable. Okay. I want to bring us, before we get into too much business, I want to bring us into a segment we call Clear the Air. I've got three questions for you. They're personal. Are you ready, Brad? Yes. Let's do it, Chris. The audience wants to get to know you more. Okay. Question one, Brad. What is one skill you don't possess, but you wish you did? So this is a tough one. Um, but after much thought, <laughs> uh, I, I think I have to nail it down on patience. Um, you know, commercial real estate is an industry as a whole, and, and especially the retail segment of the industry seems to move as, as quickly as molasses at times. And so it's very difficult um, for me, but, but also for our franchisees to, at times, navigate the transaction with patience. And so, you know, if I could if I could look in the mirror and coach myself every morning to work on one thing, it, it would be patient. I will tell you, though, some of the most successful leaders in business in the world, one of the things they all have in common is they don't wait for things to happen. They go make them happen. They have a lack of patience. So you are not alone in the successful business leaders in the world that don't have patience. But I understand this industry, we all talk about moving faster, and it seems with technology as fast as it is and email and whatnot. And I remember the days we used to FedEx the lease comments back and, and they got done quicker. So I understand. Yep. Question two, what is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? All right. So 
I had to bring in the expert on this one. And um, so I posed the question to my kids this morning on the way to school. And we all agree that most of the world thinks that it's okay to have dessert after the meal. And we, we disagree with that. We think it's way okay to have dessert before the meal. That is great. So <laughs> ice cream before pizza is okay. 100%. We're all in on that. We, we did not phone a friend. We all agreed. We high-fived, and they cannot wait to hear this live. They're pumped. I can't wait either for them to listen. That is great. Okay. Question three, Brad. When's the last time you tried something for the first time? All right. So this is a good one. Um, I'm a coffee drinker, believe it or not. Um, I love, I love tea, but I also love coffee. And yesterday morning, the barista asked me if I would like to try my coffee with almond milk instead of the normal 2% that she makes my coffee with. And, uh, I said, yes. And it was a big ledge to jump off. I did it. I loved it. And I will probably do it again in the future. So I've done it. Here's what I will say, at least for me, it is a noticeable difference. Some people are like, ah, it's the same. I'm like, uh, no, it's not. This is a noticeable difference. It was good. It was really, I was nervous, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm caught in a bunch of routines and, and try to, you know, try to try to stay, stay in my lane. And I stepped out and it, it was worth the risk. I like it. Yeah. So I think it's good. I just would say it's noticeably different. That's all. Yep. Well, listen, uh, that was great. I really appreciate the insights and getting to know you better. I want to, uh, pivot a little bit more about HTO. So been an interesting year. Talk to us about the business and what's going on and how you guys are thinking about the future, I guess, given what's happened in the recent past. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think amidst most of your conversations with, with professionals in the industry, you're probably not able to navigate around uh, the obvious pandemic and how that's affected operations and, uh, and even uh, development and, uh, and, and, and financing even from that perspective. So we are no different. Uh, we're having to navigate all of the challenges that have come from a majority of our customers now um, shifting from walking in uh, to the drive-thru. Um, I think we've we've seen a tapered down, uh, especially in the last six months, from drive-up versus walk-in traffic. But there's still a large number of people that um, are not getting out of their car. They're they're staying in their car and they're wanting to go to the drive-thru. So for us specifically, that has forced us to uh, evaluate the basics, site plan design, double stacking. Um, you know, uh, we've implemented a new strategy at our stores called Keep It Rolling. And, uh, you know, similar to the, to the Chick-fil-A serving style, although they don't have an extremely uh, fast actual serving time, the customer in their car is consistently moving. So it doesn't feel as though um, you're sitting there for a long time. So we're, again, we're, we're trying to um, not necessarily reinvent the wheel from a, a customer service standpoint, but we are always trying to get better. And I think, you know, that that's any, any QSR on planet earth is, is having to ask themselves these same questions. How do we serve our customers better? 
how do we serve them faster? And, 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 and most importantly for us, Chris, it's how do we recreate the environment that we have inside of our store, which by the way, is, is incredibly important um, for us to be able to interact with our customers. We're forced now to figure out how to bring that inside the store experience to the drive-through. And so that, that's what our team is, is really focused on right now. I love that. Bring the in-store experience to the drive-through. I haven't heard that before. That is really unique perspective. I'm going to steal that and share that with some of my tenants. Man, do it. If, uh, you know, we're, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the Texas country music and, you know, relationship building face-to-face interaction is incredibly important for us and our brand. And, um, that's, that's going to be a, a major focus. Maybe, maybe now until the end of time, we, we don't know. I think that, uh, you know, as, as we adapt to the way the pandemic has affected us, hopefully we will, um, hopefully we will see more of the customers get out of their cars and come back inside like they used to. But for the time being, it's, uh, it's something that we've got to deal with. And so we're, we're, we're facing it head on. Been able to sell a significant amount of franchise uh, deals and, and, and bring on a bunch of franchisees in a, in a short time period, I would think the the unit economics as you're talking to these franchisees must be pretty compelling. So is it similar to a Starbucks, a Dunkin'? Talk to me about like the store business and how it does. And Because I think people are probably wondering, they're just selling iced tea. Yeah, this is a great question. We're faced with it often. And um, so legally, in our FDD, we actually do not have an item 19. And so uh, we, we are actually not allowed to share financial information with our franchisees. And what, what I think personally that has allowed us to do is connect with the franchisees that are you know brand focused more than they are financial focused. Um, there's obviously got to be a financial uh, component of the business that's enticing enough for uh, for them to you know to stay involved and and want to be a part of our brand. And um, so that that's you know that's what's really really unique for me is our franchisees are are, are not able to see financial information until after they've actually executed a franchise agreement with us. And wow. We have, yeah, we've, we've got a, uh, in fact, I think just last week, one of our early franchisees, um, he's just signed on to do another four stores. He's got two open, he's under construction on his third and he just signed on for an additional four. So he'll have, he'll have him and his group will have about seven units, um, within the next couple of years. So exciting to see, um, not only a, a wide variety of franchisees and, and, and personalities and, um, you know, just a ton of really, really good people. And they've bought into the brand more so than they have the financials. And, and to see even some of the early adopters that probably were, you know, arguably taking on some more risk than anyone else because it was a new brand. It was up and coming. Uh, but we knew uh, from day one when we offered our, our brand as a franchise that, um, unit level economics are absolutely the focus of our executive team. We, we make decisions, um, to, 
to support the unit level economics of every store individually. And so uh, we're also focused completely on the brand and building that brand, not just for us, but, but for our franchise partners. So um, very exciting to see just some success stories uh, from some of our early adopters and, and them taking on some more stores is really, really neat. I would assume based on the growth today that many of, and, and the ability to get franchisees, many of them are profitable. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. Great to hear. And I think the last thing is that I would ask on this front, majority of the sales iced tea, you said other things are sold, but a majority of the sales iced tea. Yes, absolutely. Um, 80 to 90% of our volumes are, are from iced tea, water, and ice. And uh, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, we, we carry some retail products, most notably Yeti coolers and Pelican coolers are some cool outdoor uh, centric brands that, that we offer uh, along with, with our tea products. So, you know, the, the idea, Chris, is that we want our customers to be outside, to be enjoying life with their friends and their family. Um, we don't have any Wi-Fi in our stores. There's no seating. Um, with the exception of, of some uh, small patio seating in a few of our locations. But uh, again, the idea is to be outside. We want, we want our customers to be enjoying life with their family and their friends. And, uh, you know, Justin said something early on that, that really uh, resonated with me. And, it, um, you know, we want, we want to be, we want to be at the parties with, with all of our, uh, with all of our friends and our families in their, in their coolers in their, in their ice chest, we want we want there to be a gallon of tea uh, at every party, and and that's uh, that's been a big focus of ours as well. I like that. That is, uh, you want to be at every party. I would assume now that family gatherings are starting to happen again, and we're coming into summer. This is, you guys are hoping for a big summer as it relates to that. We cannot wait for summer 2021. A new flavor that I think is uh, is absolutely going to fly off the shelves. Um, very excited about that. And then what flavor it's, uh, it's called strawberry passion. I like it. Yep. Yep. Can I buy things to either, you mentioned the gallon. So if I walk into an HTO, can I buy tea, like a gallon to put in my fridge or can I buy loose leaves to brew on my own? Great question. And you can do both. We offer, um, yeah, we offer a, a mini gallon in our stores now, which is, fantastic for the kids um and then we also offer a uh, a half gallon and a full gallon one of our most popular products is the gallon and so yes you can take that home with you and and put it in your fridge and it's um it's it's a great way to have tea uh, by your side all day long and then uh we do offer uh, a few of our flavors in a broadleaf retail bag so uh, yes absolutely you are able to take that tea home and, and brew it at your house. That is incredible. Very cool concept. I am loving hearing about the growth and excited to see where you guys are this time next year and hoping you have a great summer. Now a message from one of our sponsors. Our friends at ESEND Group offer true national facility services. Their professional staff and elite service partners are in place and currently serve all areas of the United States. Additionally, ESEND Group's current coverage extends to rural communities, areas that 
other service companies often overlook. With a multi-service platform that includes all of the basic property maintenance services, such as landscaping, snow removal, and janitorial, East End Group also includes more than 25 additional services, such as plumbing, electrical, and mechanical. East End Group takes pride in its work and uses state-of-the-art technologies to report conditions with pictures and timestamps in real time, giving you peace of mind that the work is being performed as requested. Visit eastendgroup.net to learn more. I want to bring us to a story. You are, you're going to bring me to Georgetown, Texas. You have a story about that HTO. Why don't you take us to Georgetown? I, I do. I've got a, a, a really cool, unique story. And um, I, I think the question you posed was, uh, how, did, how did that store end up here? And so this That's is right. a unique one because, it, you know, it, it really it intertwines also with some of the timing of um, me personally learning about commercial real estate and just the process of, you know, submitting an LOI, which at that time, by the way, Chris, a little plug here, I didn't even know what an LOI was. I had heard it used a lot and, um, you know, as a matter of, uh, you know, not looking dumb, uh, I didn't really ask anyone what an LOI was until about the time it came to actually submit one. And so, uh, great story. Uh, <laughs> I'm driving around in Georgetown, Texas, and I see this, I see this piece of property and, and I think I do what a lot of people do. I start wondering why, why is there nothing there? Why? This is a great corner. It's a stoplight. There's a ton of traffic. The vibe's really cool. Um, you could tell there's a, there's just a buzz about the the air here. And, and I start asking myself, why is there not a store here? And then more importantly, why is there not a tea store on this corner? And so I start digging in. Uh, I, I call a, a broker that was helping me on uh, on this particular market, and I said, Hey, man, I just I just found this corner. We got to be there. We've got to be on this corner. And uh, he says, uh, he kind of gives me a background on the, on the deal and says, let's submit an LOI. You know, let's, let's get this thing going. And it was that moment in time I, I, I had to, you know, I had to put my pride aside. And I, and I said, hey, man, I don't, what is an LOI? I've heard this used a bunch, but what, is, what does that mean? He said, oh, well, it, it's a letter of intent. It, it's a shot off the bow. It's a, it's, a, it's a way to start the conversation and figure out where the deal points might be. And so I said, oh, yeah, great. Let's, let's do it. Let's send an LOI, right? And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, to, to fast forward a little bit, we fire the LOI. We get feedback that um, it's actually already been leased. The land has been leased. Um, there's, you know, at that point in time, there's no way that, that we, can, uh, we can get in on the deal. So um, the broker and I just kind of stayed in, in communication with that particular landlord. And Chris, over the course of uh, I'm going to estimate a year and a half to two years. We, we consistently called this landlord uh, just to stay on his radar. And um, ultimately what happened is that uh, that previous tenant did not perform. The landlord, I think at that point was probably more annoyed with us than he was <laughs> ready to do a deal. But um, he called us back and he said, Hey, this is a bit of a long shot, but, uh, and you guys may have already found something in the market. We're, we're going to end up terminating and we want to, you know, we'd like to explore an opportunity with you guys to see if you're still interested. And so 
we immediately went to work. We put a deal together and we, um, and we, we started building a tea store in Georgetown, Texas. And so, uh, the, the unique part of the story is really towards the very end. There is a, uh, protected salamander in Georgetown, Texas, that uh, we weren't aware of until we applied for our certificate of occupancy. And this little, this little guy uh, is, is a big deal in Georgetown. And uh, there was a specific, uh, I'm going to call it a salamander catcher, but it's a, it's a protection device that is required to be in place prior to the city issuing a certificate of occupancy. And there were a series of events that um, this salamander device um, was overlooked. Um, and so we, at the, at the last minute, had to put together a, a deal and, uh, and basically have this, this salamander protection device constructed and put in place on the site before we could start selling iced tea. And so that, that's what makes the story really unique. How did the store get there? Well, it was years of grinding and, um, and a short battle with, uh, with the protected salamander there in Georgetown. So, uh, the store's open, it's super successful and our franchisee there, uh, dear, dear friends of mine, I was, I was in his wedding. So it's been really, really cool to see their success. And the battle that they had to overcome to get that store open was, uh, it was a big one. It's a really cool story. Unbelievable story. That was fantastic. You know, there's a lot of things that I, I took away from that story. I think one, putting aside ego in any business deal, right? You weren't, didn't know what an LOI meant, common real estate terminology. And you put that aside and told your team, your broker that, you didn't know what it was. And uh, so, you know, I think important in business deals to put aside ego. So kudos to you for doing that. I think number two, just the persistence and the staying on it. You knew what location you had to be at. You weren't stopping until you had it. And when the opportunity came, you took advantage of it. So that's point two. And then point three, you know, just the, the continued... Uh, resilience, right? When, and I think Hillary Clinton says, you know, resilience is the most important trait a human can have, the ability to adapt to change with confidence. And along comes this salamander in Georgetown, Texas, that is pretty important at Georgetown. And you guys had to, you know, make sure that you handled everything that related to the salamander in order for you to get a certificate of occupancy so that you could open the doors. Really cool story. So tell me about the salamander. You, you mentioned, is the salamander still on the site? Did you have to like catch them and move them? What, what did this protection service do exactly? No, it, he's, uh, he's an endangered species. And I, I personally have never seen one. Um, but this device, um, as I understand it, is um, in, in the case of a rainstorm, um, if he's washed onto the site, um, this this filtration device essentially catches him and prevents him from being washed into the gutters. And so, um, yeah, it just, you know, it's just also one of those unique development pieces that no one could have really predicted. It's, you know, and, and that's another, just a great, I think, characteristic of, of, of the commercial real estate industry. There there's curveballs all of the time. You've, you've got to be on your toes. 
you got to be ready to solve problems quickly and efficiently. And that's, that's the beauty is um, you, you, you just, you can't predict stuff like that. So it was really unique to see that perspective as well. Couldn't agree more. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I want to bring us to the last part of the show called Retail Wisdom. Are you ready? I, I think so, Chris. Fire away. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? All right. Tough, uh, tough question. But I've, I absolutely have to go with Blockbuster. Um, I can vividly remember riding my bike through the neighborhood and then across a busy street to, to enter the doors of the nostalgic smell of the plastic wrap, brand new VHS, new release movie, right? You walk in and the new releases are the, are the first ones you see and you work your way through the store and um, you, can, you can pick from some of the older movies and then you, then you grab a Twix or a Snickers before you check out with your, with your, uh, your plastic laminated Blockbuster card. And so, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I thought through a bunch of the, the retailers that I wished I could still go and visit. There was just something about Blockbuster that was cool. There certainly was. You, you, have you seen the Netflix uh, show? <laughs> Documentary. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for the plug there. Um, yes, we're now avid Netflix subscribers and Apple TV is a huge deal at our house. So uh, certainly the convenience factor was not there with Blockbuster, but um, hey, one of those uh, one of those experiences I'll never forget as a kid. No, on Netflix now, there is a documentary, The Last Blockbuster. You have to check it out. Oh, no, I haven't. I, I absolutely will. It's fascinating. Please check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go check that out tonight. Awesome. All right. Question two. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? We had dinner the other night, and afterwards the kids had to have ice cream. So we drove. Uh, it was a, there was a CVS right around the corner. So we drove to CVS. They have a pint of this specialty it's an italian gelato ice cream that that we had to the kids just had to have so we went and spent 30 bucks on ice cream the other night how many kids do you have uh we have five wow that is a lot of ice cream <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of ice cream for sure all right last question brad if you and i were shopping at target and i lost you what aisle would i find you in Oh man, I'm, I got a huge smile on my face. This is the easiest to answer. Uh, we have a uh, an 11 month old little girl, and I I had no problems answering this quickly. You would find me on the baby aisle, uh, probably buying either a a single package or a box of baby wipes. Um, she's just an animal. She leaves a mess everywhere. I love her to death. Um, but we're we're constantly cleaning. So you would absolutely find me on the baby aisle buying baby wipes at Target. I get it. I I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a soon-to-be four-year-old. So I know baby wipes. Well, Brad, this has been fantastic. I want to thank you for coming on. And listen, man, you and I got to stay in touch and stay connected. And when I'm in Texas, we I got to get to an HTO. Hey, you give me a call when you're in the area, Chris, and I'll, I'll meet you first hand in the store and walk you through and 
um, give you give you firsthand experience there. So excited, excited to meet you in person for sure. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals, all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.